Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. We are remote once again this week. We are actually at the accounting firm, Daggerpot and Brian, where I spend my daytime job. So I'm excited to welcome in Joe Martin and talk about everything he's got going on in his entrepreneurial life, entrepreneurial endeavors, and just cool sunglass wearing man. So before we get to him, I want to give a big, wonderful shout out and thank you to the amazing folks that bring you the show each and every week. Falaya Real Estate, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, McClavey Limited, bringing you the outfit of the day, Mimosa Handcraft Jewelry, and Lake Men's Health Center. Anytime you go to any one of those folks, let them know that Patty G sent you, and they're going to take extra good care of you. But without further ado, Mr. Joe, the Joe Martin. Sir, how are you? I'm doing good. Welcome. I like your setup here. Thank you. It's our good little ad hoc setup here in the, the accounting firm, and who knew accountants could be creative? Are you going to be able to be so uh, relaxed and do a show so close to your desk, you think? Um, well, we've got some nice uh, Comos tequila with us, so that's yes. going to definitely help. Cheers. Uh, cheers, sir. Happy uh, school night. It's a school night. Ha- happy school night to everybody else listening or watching. Cheers. So if you're, if you're with us, drink along, you know. But for those listening, man, I mean, why are you here? Who the heck are you? What do you do? Uh, well, I'm Joe Martin. I'm uh, the chief creative officer and one of the co-founders and owners of Red Six Media. Um, and then I've also, since then, uh, got involved in the bar and restaurant world, which is a wild, totally wild different place. Um, and so um, that's that's always been, uh, you know, a, a passion of mine. Um, and I'm just I'm excited to to be here with you. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm starstruck. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm starstruck, man. You've got you've got three businesses. I'm just a measly old podcaster. <laughs> I wouldn't say measly. Look at the setup. Oh, that's great in here. And this is your this is your off off campus setup. That's right. Yeah. This is our this is our virtual setup. I'm impressed. Our, our travel lights. I mean, it's it's looking good in here. Well, good. I, that thank you so much for that. It means a lot from somebody who owns Red Six Media. So let's let's start there. How did you get to opening and? taking the training wheels off and becoming an entrepreneur with Red Six? Uh, well, um, it's probably going to start that I'm not from Louisiana. So I came to... Where are you from, Joe? Uh, I'm from Dallas, Texas. And I used to have dreams of being a, a rock and roll musician. Okay, so you chose Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Well, I had my eye on New Orleans. Ah, okay. um, And uh, I was also always pretty good at math and drawing so i thought architecture would be an interesting endeavor um so i was looking at tulane and it turns out tulane is very expensive yes um which is i'm sure it's great um so i tried to get some scholarship money i got a little bit um a little bit of money but it was still um pricey and so on our way back it was 2005 we were driving uh and stopped through lsu lsu had just won the uh, the championship in 2003 my older brother went to was at USC at the time, so that was when they kind of shared a, you know, faux shared a, a, a championship. Now that I know the, the full backstory, right? But that was pretty much all I knew about LSU. Um, and I drove through the campus, and it was just beautiful. And we stopped at the architecture building. It wasn't like a, a sponsored tour, but just some like kid, you know, looked a little hungover. Maybe it was like, hey, you guys, I can show you guys around. And like brought us into the studio and showed us around. And so I'm a senior in college. Uh, and I just thought that was really cool. He was just like, you know, when you're a senior, college kids are this mystic 
amazing group of people. And this guy was just hung out with me and my goofy dad. Um, and so LSU was kind of at the top of the list. And then um, they just did a really good job. It was almost like recruiting, which I certainly don't deserve. Uh, but they have a, have a thing called spring testing where um, if you got good grades in high school, you could test out of a bunch of stuff. So right. while I was a senior in, uh, in high school, before I had chosen a college, I came down here, took a bunch of uh, tests, and started off with like 30 hours of college. 30? Yeah. That's like, so was a like, a whole, it's like a whole year. I was about to say, you're uh, starting a whole year into your college program. So at that point, I was pretty much locked in. Um, <laughs> I can skip a year of school? Yeah. Sign me but up. But it was so smart what they did. I mean, they... They, they brought everyone, like, made you feel at home. They taught you about the campus. Like, I left with my little tiger card. Um, and that just made a big impression on me. Like, I had been looking at a bunch of schools, and it was just a very smart way to, I think, show what Louisiana is all about. It really is southern hospitality. Yeah. And even even compared to Texas, which there's a bunch of nice, wonderful people in Texas, it's just a little bit different here. So that's how I ended up in um, Louisiana. And then uh, architecture turned out to be just really hard. Uh, <laughs> a, little, a little more challenging yeah. than the uh, the initial testing. Uh, yes. So uh, I did that for a few years. Um, I loved it, but it was, you know, you're staying up all night um, and grinding it out. And then after two years, you have to reapply back uh, to the school. So I decided maybe to take some time off. I was already slightly ahead because of my testing. Right. Um, and kind of just fell into mass communication because they took a bunch of the credits as art credits. Um, and I just loved it. Uh, I always make this joke, which is unfair to the Manship School, which I love. But the first uh, the first class started off with something like, this is a radio, and then this is a TV. A TV is similar to a radio, but there's pictures on it. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to crush this. No way. This is going to be good. That was like the, the opening lecture. Yeah. That's like easier than syllabus day. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. I'm, I'm being, uh, being silly. But it was, um, you really got to take all that kind of creative energy um, and, and focus it. And it was really team collaborative um, atmosphere. And that's how we started Red Six is our last class was with a professor named Lance Porter. And he treats that last class like you're an agency so we had a group that i was on the creative team uh chris my business partner was on like the public relations team but we all worked together um and if you remember 2009 was a hard time to get a a job a real job yeah uh and so we were all i was kind of doing some freelance graphic design work uh playing some music and kristen invited all of us to chimes and basically was like why don't we just give this a try you know, we all already have like laptops. We can just work out of my garage. You guys are already freelancing. She was working at the Reveille at the time. Um, and so, you know, to me, it was a kind of a resume pad and I liked these people. Um, and so I thought it'd be fun. I definitely didn't think I'd be, be here with Patty G. What, four, uh, 14, 14 years, years later, later, man. Yeah. So y'all just come graduation when you I mean, did y'all try to find jobs or was it just like, was nobody gonna, was nobody was hiring at the time. Um, I was going to move out to L.A. My brother lived there. Um, okay. And um, so he had some connections. I, I was going to get like an internship at a place that made movie trailers, which probably would have been cool. Yeah. Um, and then my, <laughs> I'd say pretty cool. Yeah. My friend Trey um, 
what's going to go to portfolio school, which is what you do in creative advertising. Well, some people get a master's, but you can, if you really want that portfolio, you go to a school, but they're expensive. And then you end that, um, I think it's like a three-year program, and you don't really have any like advanced degree, but you have you know, really great work that should get you a job somewhere. Um, but I think that Kristen and Trey were really close, and so I think he was on the fence about that, and the economy was bad, and it was a lot of money, and so I think that was kind of the genesis of that. Um, Kristen, the same thing. She had a job offer in Washington, D.C., but just wanted to stay stay close. Um, and so, again, I, I thought kind of selfishly, like, this will be fun, and I can say that I worked somewhere. <laughs> Uh, not which, not work somewhere, started a yeah, company. Right, right but I not just even, working. You know, I hadn't even thought that far through it. Just anything on my resume, like I had some internships and stuff. Uh, but you know, it's hard to get a. It was hard to get a job. It's hard to get a job now. Yeah, that's what you know. You need experience. We're looking for five years experience. Well, how do you get five years experience? Well, we, I don't know. That's on you. <laughs> you know, that's kind of an unfair cycle of of stuff. I mean, isn't that fascinating, though, that concept of years' experience required for an entry-level position? And in a space where to freelance, you have to have money to purchase equipment. So outside of doing an iPhone video with your phone and a $40 gimbal, like you can't really invest unless you've got some type of money coming in some elsewhere right. to do freelance work to build up five years' experience. And typically, if you've been doing freelance work for five years, you're probably not going to switch and go to working for an agency or something. Right. It is It is strange. And even over the last 14 years, it's really changed where a lot of a lot of really talented people that get really specialized are just kind of go out by themselves and don't, you know, they're just, they already have a relationship with an agency. They don't have to worry about, you know, clients or, I don't know, QuickBooks, I guess. <laughs> um, but... But we, I mean, we've just always found that a, that a collaborative team just makes the work better, makes makes it more enjoyable experience for the client, but also just for us. You know, it's, I think, part of being a creative professional is you have a little tick in your head, like, I'm, I can do this all myself. Like, I'm just going to, yeah. And it's painfully obvious after you start working with a talented team that your work is better with collaboration. Well, not only better in the sense of the product that you put out there, but just your quality of life becomes better. I mean, I so we st I started this thing, the Patty G Show, back in 2019, and was doing everything from recording to post production to uploading to posting everything. It was like guest acquisition, then timing and scheduling, then recording, then post production, then publishing, and putting it all out there. And we were. I was at the point where it was. I had a laptop next to me as we we're recording, and I'm like monitoring levels while simultaneously listening to the <laughs> guest, because I mean, as you know, none of this is sitting here with scripted questions. It's a right. matter of doing everything in conversation in real time. And it wasn't until probably a year or so into it, I recognized, okay, I need some help in some form or fashion. Like right. I just, you can't maintain everything yourself. Now, at the time, there was no money involved outside of my own my own money. I was throwing at the at what was a a company merely because I created it and formed an LLC, but no company by a true definition. It was just from my wife's perspective, an expensive hobby. Mm -hmm. But like, you've got to push through that as a creative to figure out what are we going to do with this? But when you start bringing a team member in and you bring somebody else to help, then it kind of like further legitimizes what you're creating. 
and what you've made now is something. It has a voice. It has a soul. It's got something that you can show off and not just by yourself. Because like when it's by yourself, you know, if I'm sitting here with a switcher board, it's like, oh, Patty's got a pretty good, pretty good gig going on. But then it's like you bring somebody in, and it's like, okay, now it's now it's a setup. Right now it's legitimate. And I need you to pay attention to me because I can't I can't talk for a whole hour. So I need you to really <laughs> be on your game. God, I'm not producing. I'm not producing tonight. <laughs> but I mean, it's 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 true though. As a creative, you think you can do everything. I mean, I've met with many of creatives, whether it's videographers or photographers. And the first conversation that the first time I reach out to them is whenever they say, man, does anybody know how to invoice better? I'm like, yeah, I can help you with that. But that's just one area. You've got your, your, your photo shoots, you've got your editing, then you've got your deliverables to the client. So from y'all in, y'all are creating a creative agency. Is mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So what is a creative agency? So, um, I think that even that definition changes a lot. Um, what we what we would call ourselves now traditionally would be a full service agency, although that can almost have a negative connotation, because um, you want people that are very specialized in what they do. So uh, what I always tell people is we're we're an arm of someone else's marketing department, and we come up with ideas that are sharp, you know, foundational, and have uh, what we would call legs in them in the business. But also now we're working with talented marketing department. So where 10 years ago we would have done everything ourselves, now we're almost consultants. Like we're teaching you how to use this creative that we've made. Um, so if you've got someone on your team that's just crushing your LinkedIn account, we want, we want to help them think about that, but we want to collaborate with them and give them the, the templates and tools and strategy um, and be be there to help them but um you know maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have us create every post to do every comment uh and so every marketing department every client is different but that's the that's what i would say the foundation of red six is is we want to come up with ideas that encapsulate your brand your objective your mission and vision and we want to work with you and your team however big or small that is to bring that to life um and so that is it's kind of purposefully vague because you can't, everyone can't do everything. So, 100%. you know, um, I'm not exactly sure what this is going to air, but like threads just popped up. Like now we all have to learn what that is. If threads dies before this show airs, they should never have started it to begin right. with. That's true. <laughs> but, but the, you know, this, but yeah, it's very so, true. Yeah. So this week we have all of our stuff going on, but then we're also researching new social media accounts. Um, you know, you always have to be learning because the world is changing and your clients expect you to be, you know, farther along than they are. We're the, we're the professionals. It, you um, don't want that. You don't want as the creative director for them to bring to you. Hey, Joe, Threads is out. Um, what are we doing about that? Right. Right. And so, um, so, you know, you're on one hand, you're trying to keep up with everything that's going on. But on the other, the other hand, you're kind of being a, a realistic strategic partner saying we can't do everything. So we want to really focus in and target and use this uh, this kind of creative toolkit and design messaging system that we've made with you guys in mind and your team and show you how to use that, kind of give you some more weapons in your arsenal. So I love that approach to being a creative agency and being a marketing firm, whatever you want to classify 
the entity as, but being in that creative space and marketing and helping companies find their voice and speak it to their potential consumer is really incredible because you're probably the fourth or fifth creative agency or marketing firm we've had on the show. And people always ask me, well, are you ever going to run out of people or people companies to come on? I said, no, because everybody that can do the same exact thing does it so differently. Exactly. And it, you, I, we had four people in the marketing space, four different firms, come on, and they all do everything entirely different, which is, which is incredible to me and more so goes on to promote the fact that you really, if you're shopping around, it probably is a good thing to make sure that what you're after is going to be fit within that organization. So if somebody needs a full-on marketing department, maybe the fit is elsewhere. Or if they just need, hey, we've got one marketing person they're just getting their feet under their ground. They don't really know a whole lot. Boom, come in, make everything. Here's what we need to do. So what is your kind of approach when you sit down with a client? What are you looking and asking them to kind of create and get in their headspace on how to put out their message? So we're, we're lucky to get a lot of, uh, a lot of referrals. Um, but, you know, we still do sales and marketing like everybody else. Um, and I think what we're looking for is, is just what you, what you said is... Um, if you broke our clients down into different buckets, there's different ways to do that. I would say a lot of the time it's a someone that's really got something new and needs that whole foundation. Um, on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, it would be a very, um, very kind of well-established company that needs an update or has almost like a special project in mind. Obviously, there's a million things in between all of those. But um, I would say that's that's a lot of what we're doing is um, Baton Rouge, you, uh, you're lucky to work with a lot of um, large industrial companies. They, they'll have, no matter the size of the company, they'll have marketing um, teams of all sizes, but usually not a huge marketing apparatus. Right. Um, and so that's been... Um, that's been something that we've been getting really good at, just being in Baton Rouge. Um, we also work with LSU. We work with uh, Keep Louisiana Beautiful, um, some other nonprofits. Uh, we have a banking client, and we work with some pharmaceutical companies um, that are outside of Baton Rouge. Uh, and so that's another thing is, um, you know, life would probably be easier if we specialized a little bit more. But the way we've grown organically is we start with some projects with these companies and you, you learn the people, you learn their objectives. You're a true strategic partner. Um, and so now it's, you know, your weekly calls are more of a collaborative brainstorm. Like we all work together and that is, that's very, I think special and unique. You, you get the, you get the feeling sometimes, um, especially when it's a brand new client that maybe they haven't had much fun at work. And I feel like what, what, what we do should be fun. Like yeah, we, it should yeah. be exciting. And, and I think we all live and breathe and believe that. Um, and that's been a really, I don't know, um, fulfilling part of the job is watching these, uh, watching kind of uh, marketing teams, you know, get some, some lift and start using the stuff that we create and, and, and running with it. Or, you know, they'll just, they'll, they'll want to be on a call with us and just, you know, learn about some new stuff. 
own. And so it really is, it's that same collaboration that we founded the company on. That's the, the DNA of our client relationships. And we're, we're lucky to have that. When you, when you start off, you, you work with anybody that you possibly can. Anybody yeah. that will cut you a check yeah. is kind of who you yeah. work with. They'll mow you along. And uh, in that, you know, in that approach, there's, there's times when it might not be a good culture fit, the client agency relationship, but you, that's a tough call to cut somebody loose just because it's not a good fit. I would say we're really lucky right now that our, our team is great. Um, and our, our clients understand that team approach and enjoy it. Um, so that's what I would, that, that'd be my, my pitch would be if you feel like you need some like a strategic partner that is going to start a lasting long relationship that's what we are going for and we're not trying to build and get a million clients we're trying to build clients that we think share our sense of you know collaboration imagination and fun you know fun is important absolutely well and then when you look at a marketing firm especially or a creative agency you have this situation that you can find yourself in where you're over-clienteded and understaffed. So then you're trying to create these projects and implement these, you know, these fields of what you want the client to go into, but then if you don't have the staff to make sure that they're getting everything done and the projects are actually implemented, then it's just like, oh, well, here's a graphic. Post this graphic today. Right, right. You know, and you lose that really strategic approach from being a true partner where it's, no, I'm dedicated. We've got resources allocated to your time and to your account to make sure that your message is consistent across every platform and that your team knows what they're saying. Exactly. When you, when your client or your employees or like myself, if you start to feel like you're in some kind of factory setting, like that's what, that's when it work. It just doesn't, we're not delivering what we set out to, to deliver. And that, yeah. that's a problem. And you have to, you have to work hard on keeping that up. Um, but that's that's the, the key, kind of what we talked about earlier. You, you surround yourself with like-minded people, not necessarily skill set, but like, let's make this cool. Like, let's, let's put in some extra time and extra effort to make sure that not only that this pitch goes well, but that our clients set up for success after that. It, yes, and... When, you, when you're working with a marketing department and you're working with people that are in the business every single day, they're trying to do what they can to get the business out there, it's almost like a familiarity handcuffs because when you're so familiar with a certain topic or an organization, you know everything, right? And so it's like, well, I mean, I know this. Obviously, everybody else knows this. So why do we have to say this? Why do we have to put out this really cool thing that I know we're doing? But like, what does that really mean? And then you have you guys come in and say, well, hang on. No, no, no. Let's go back to this cool thing that you're doing. We need to be promoting this. You need exactly. to push this. This is the message you need to get out there. And then it's like the marketing team kind of looks at it and says, well, wait, you don't know about this? I'm like, no, nobody knows about it. You're so familiar and you're so in the weeds of everything going on in the organization. You don't recognize that the outside world has no idea that you're doing this. Or, the, or that it's cool. Like, right. Why is it cool? And then, then when they, everyone likes to talk about whatever they're passionate about, but uh, that's a really interesting point. Like they, they're not used to it because it's the, it's what they live and breathe every day. But that's, that is, that's my 
personality um, is just probably to ask too many questions. I'll probably just turn this on you pretty soon and just dig deep into into Patty G. Wait, we're gonna we're gonna be here like grabbing tissues later on. Like yeah. we're so deep let's, into let's, Patty G. Let's, let's get in there. <laughs> but it's it's part of what makes a creative agency a good agency versus somebody that comes in and says, "Here's your company. Here's your colors. Here's your brand. Here's how we're gonna change everything." Whereas when y'all come in, and we've had another company come in with a similar idea and concept of how they approach clients, it's like, no, we're going to come in, and we're going to have two days with your with your team, where we're going to tell you nothing, but we're just going to ask questions. Yeah. And we're going to get down to everything. So get whatever team members you need freed up for the next 16 hours, because we're going to go deep. Yeah, it's going to be fun, though. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, that's, um, uh, I don't want to be too specific. But um, we, like, engineers are a good example of mm-hmm. people that a lot of times can be very matter-of-fact, um, maybe aren't used to having people really trying to understand what they do. Uh, and in my experience, like, once you start asking the right questions or you're, you know, they're, it'll get to a point where someone that maybe you didn't think their face would light up, you'd be like, okay, you want to know about that? Well, this is really cool. <laughs> if you can get them to that level of, like, that's those are the little the, the nuggets that not only makes our work better and easier, but just fires up that client uh, agency relationship. Oh yeah. And we're getting to what your unique, you know, your what's what's the secret sauce? What's the juice? Uh, and like you said, if you know everything that's going on, it's it's hard to talk about that. Well, and especially if you spend so much time on a technical level within your organization. I mean, look, not to pick on engineers, but I'm married to one, and my dad and my father-in-law are both engineers. So, like, I've got in, I'm surrounded by engineers in my yeah. family, and it is they are like siloed in their work. But then when you start asking them questions about the specifics of what they're doing and like the thought process and the actual engineering behind the engineer, they're like, "Oh, well, hang on, let me tell you about this." Right. Like, let me tell you how we got here. Like, we had—it's always cool. It's always oh, it's so cool. But they're almost like apologetic. Like, you don't you don't want to hear about that. I do want to hear. No, I I I I want to hear about. Tell me more, please. What gets you jacked up? (laughs) When it's so like, I had my dad on the show for Father's Day in June. I saw that, and like hearing him tell these stories about his engineering career and his past, I'm like, I didn't know a lot of this as a kid. But like, come on, I'm eating this stuff up. But. As a creative agency, you kind of have to have that same starstruck mentality of when you're sitting with a client for the very first time or even a year in, tell me about your new process. I want to know everything about it. And you have no technical experience of how it works or what it is, but like, tell me what you need to communicate. And then we're going to figure out how to put it in layman's terms and make it attractive. I think that's, that's a good way to think about what my exact job is. <laughs> if you can if you can field my questions and get on, like if we can get on the same page, then I can, me and my team can make something that everyone else can understand and feels like you. Yeah. But we have to, we have to get to that point where I can understand it. Um, and, and I can see what you're excited about. And that, I mean, it's, it's a really cool part of the job. And that's why I really like working with all these different industries is, um, and I, I hate to stereotype engineers. We can we can stereotype engineers. It's okay, uh, but um, just you know, you've a lot of different <clears throat> industries. Our my industry is similar to yours. 
here, I'm, here. A, I'm an accountant. I'm a CPA. Like, we, we're as bland, as bland yeah. and vanilla well, as you get. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that. But, but what I would say is there there are certain kind of personality types or vibes that that gravitate towards different industries. You know, especially if you're working with big corporations, you know, that if there was a lineup over there, I could probably, I could pick out the, <laughs> the banker or the engineer just by talking to him for a little while. That's probably not true, but you understand the point. So we should do like one of those videos that Vice does where it's like, what, how much do each of these people make? Like rank them and you spend like a few minutes with them. And it's like talking about their spending habits and whatnot. Like, I think this person makes less than this person, makes more than this person. It'd be more like, tell me about your hobbies. And, or, uh, or one of those questions like, what would you do with a million dollars? My wife is a banker. She'd be like, well, I'd put half of it into CODs probably. Or like, that's not the point of the question. You know, I'm not trying to get you to. But not I don't want your investment stuff. strategy. Uh, but things like that, then you, you know, you, that, that, that really is a fun part of what I do. And, and what you mean you obviously have that, like you, you're, you're hungry for these Baton Rouge stories. Um, I think that's, that's such a interesting trait that you see in the entrepreneur community a lot is the more, the more curious you are and ready to kind of dig into it. Like not, it's not really like bravery. It's sometimes general stupidity to dive into something. But if you're just, if your driving force is, I want to learn more about this or about this person. Uh, I think that's always a great, great pursuit. Absolutely. And like I do it both on the show and in my real world or in my CPA world where today I was meeting with a, with a brand new client for the very first time. And it's like it was almost like an episode of the show. I'm like, tell me what you do. OK, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? And it's like we're diving in all these areas and it's it's what I love. And it's what you all get to do every single day as a creative agency. It's like you get to find those nuggets hidden within those organizations and kind of get down to what it is drives and motivates them and makes them excited to get out of bed. Right. And then somewhere along the way you said, Hey, let's open a dive bar. Yes. Yeah. That, that was or not, let's rejuvenate a dive. That, bar. Was, yeah, that was not part of the, <laughs> not part of the, the plan. No, it's been a fun, uh, fun addition to fun place to bring clients. And we, we just had our 14th, um, like very small anniversary party, uh, Wait, wait, wait. Six at Brickyard. So oh, there okay. are some times. Okay. I thought you said Brickyard was having their 14th anniversary. No, but Brickyard is about to be nine years old. Nine? Which I think in bar years is like 115. Oh, at least. Right? I mean, if the shots keep pouring, at least 100 years. <laughs> Especially <laughs> there was a pandemic in there, which was terrible. And you're still here. We're still here. So, okay. So let, let's let, let's back, back up. up. Let's back up nine years. Uh, and more so... Four years into your creative agency, you decide to make a pivot, addition, spread out a limb. I mean, what what happened? Man? Yeah, it's kind of a funny story. So we we started in Red Six started in the the business incubator, the LBTC. Um, now it's uh, LSU Innovation Park, and so that was just a that was a awesome another awesome thing that LSU did um, for me that you know kept me here in Baton Rouge. We uh, we started, and it's you know it's cheap rent. There's people that help you. Our, our business consultant Jennifer Fowler worked there at the time, and is still our business consultant uh, 14 years later. And so we we graduated from um, from the LBTC, I think three years in, and we moved downtown. 
So when we moved downtown, um, there wasn't a whole lot going on on Third Street. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not fair to say. Like, Schlitz and Giggles was while I was there. Um, they always had Happy's in the Rue House. Uh, but it wasn't the, you know, there was a while where every spot was a, was a bar or a restaurant. Um, and it got pretty wild down there. So during that boom, we, we caught up the very beginning of that. And we started helping um, a lot of those companies do their branding and marketing. Um, and there was a restaurant group, a uh, bar group that opened up a bunch of restaurants and bars. And they, one of them was going to be Brickyard. And so they've asked me and my two business partners, like, hey, we don't have money to pay you guys for this one. It's kind of a dive bar <laughs> under the bridge. Um, would you all be interested in, you know, a little piece of equity for all of the upfront marketing and kind of opening push? And so That's an interesting pitch. Yeah. So my two business partners immediately were like, I don't want to own like a little dumpy bar under the bridge. And I was like, I do kind of want to open a dumpy, you know? And you're like... Um, speak for yourself. Yeah. So I, I may want to be a part of this little bar under the bridge. So my two wonderful business partners, Matt and Kristen, um, were were cool with that. So I just, you know, I, we were already working twelve hours a day at Red Six, but I would just tack on a few extra time to get Brickyard going. And so at that time, there was five people total, and one of them was um, Brian Rogers, my current business partner. And he was managing a whole bunch of the other bars in that that group. And so him and I had ownership just in Brickyard, but not in the rest of this group. And so, it, you know, it became apparent that there was a lot of money passing through this whole group. Um, and Little Brickyard was, it wasn't a good financial situation for the two of us watching this kind of money being passed around. So... We ended up buying out our the rest of that um, team and bringing on uh, Danny Wilson, who's now our third business partner. Um, but we're you know we're like twenty seven. Like I don't know how to buy people out of stuff. Uh, and so we had to, we <laughs> you had don't to, know the paperwork yeah. that, that's involved with that. Right. We had to figure that out. Um, and then you know we're we're opening up a new bar, but we, we, there's not a whole lot of money. Like obviously there were. <laughs> Getting the all the marketing done for free and giving away right. So it's not, it's not like it's a very cash flow positive bar right out the get go. Right. In, uh, in an isolated little part of town, where it's like you really got to draw people here. Right. And so that um, that's another interesting thing. So by the time Brickyard is rolling and we get um, we get Danny on board, that's when Third Street's really cracking. Uh, and so bars are doing good. Um, and then our little area, we would kind of get the musicians and bartenders and uh, artists and people that were working on third street to come and kind of, you know, we would get the get away from their coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the twelve forty five at night crowd. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, Baton Rouge is very unique. Like there's so many talented people here um, that you can, you know, having a little hideout full of artists and musicians gets full pretty quickly. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's always been a passion of mine is just being around talented, awesome people. Um, and that's been really fun to kind of continue to pump that into the DNA of, uh, of Brickyard. Uh, and so we were right across the street from 13th Gate, which is just awesome. Um, and then they, you know, they started opening their escape rooms. Then 
it's now Oxbow, but Caneland slash Three Roll uh, mm-hmm. slash Oxbow. It's so many name changes. Uh-huh. Um, opened up, and then um, George's has been there forever. Yep. Uh, but <clears throat> now Chelsea's is over there. Like, there's kind of a new energy in that little area. Um, and so it's that's been that's been very interesting throughout the my very you know relatively short career um, is to watch these neighborhoods in downtown uh, in Baton Rouge kind of ebb and flow. So we're now Red Six now has an office in Mid City. Okay. So we moved from downtown, but um, so where where y'all at in Mid City? It's forty two forty two Government Street. It's uh, it's right next to the Calandros Little Caesars. Oh it's yeah, kind of a funky old like it's like a two story building. So are y'all on the Calandro side or are y'all we're on, on we're the other Little Caesars, the La Coretta side? We're on the Calandro side of the street. Okay, okay. Um, Past Little Caesars, got it, got it, got it. So y'all are like right before what was um, where Government Taco used to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Before uh, White Star, but now it's White not Star. Now it's anymore. just a now it's just a, pl- a complex. Yeah, but that's been that's been cool to go to Mid City and kind of watch that also build up. Um, it's it's starting to blow up in that wild. area, man. It's like I live in Mid City, five minutes from where we're at here at the office, and it's like seeing Government Street over the years in just a short little while. I've lived in this part of town, just expand and continue to grow. And what I'm loving is it kind of that the business side of government starts where I'm at and then it just expands itself all the way down to get to downtown and seeing people take these homes on government street and convert them into like a business is crazy to me. And it's like, we've got this little, this heat wave flowing down government street and I'm loving to see just a continuation of that spread. So y'all are right there on government street, right in the heart of, of a lot. Yeah. And so we, I mean, I miss downtown. I love to work in downtown. Um, but this is really, I mean, there's a lot of cool energy. Oh, yeah. City. And, you know, I told you at the beginning, I'm from Dallas. Like, it, you can't get anywhere in 10 minutes in, in Dallas. <laughs> but in Baton Rouge, you're like, oh, God, i got to drive all the way to Segan. But that's, you know, it's nothing. So all this stuff is yeah, I rel- guess comparatively to Dallas, yeah. relatively close. Um, and so my uh, wife and I, we live pretty close to um, Brickyard. And so we, you know, for a while, my entire, like, bubble was just downtown we would do stuff with lsu uh and then um the brickyard's kind of right in the middle but mid city is just you know all these things kind of converge in this cool little area um so that's been that's been fun to watch it sometimes feels a little bit slow the uh the baton rouge progress but there there does seem to be some sort of energy new energy uh coming out of the pandemic that People seem kind of people seem more pumped up. Oh yeah, it's more like collaboration. Um, it's been, it's been cool to watch. Well, because like the message that was spread during COVID, right, was we just need to survive this. We need to keep kind of businesses open, keep people employed, do what we can to push through this whole situation we're going through for two years. And now that we're like 2023, I feel like we've turned and saying, hey, we don't want to just revive; we want to expand. How do we push and really get a strong push out there to get people to where we're at, get them to our businesses? And now it is a whole collective. We went through this pandemic thing together. We're still friends, even though we may compete. Let's just build up Baton Rouge as a whole. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned um, having some other creative agencies on the show. I, I, I believe Drew Riley was on. The yep. Show. 
Uh, I love Drew. Drew was one of the people that would come hang out at Brickyard with us. Oh, yeah. I've known him Super great guy. He was the guy that reminded me of y'all's kind of mindset where you go in and just ask a bunch of questions yeah, before yeah. really giving any plans. Because he, like, explicitly was saying that on the show. It was like, oh, no, no, no. We don't talk for, for like, however long period of time he said. He said we, don't, we don't talk. We just ask. That's all we do. That'll be uh, – we, we got that feedback. Um, we have to do do RFPs. They're usually a pretty arduous process. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have our – cool little red six media templates and we have all our stuff set up but then you get the rfp and it's just like do it exactly like this and uh and what you could do is just use the same throwaway stuff right and tell them like here's the exact plan that we have for you but what we have to do sometimes to our detriment but i think i'm, I'm proud of it is we'll tell them that you know we're not going to come up with we're not going to pitch you ideas until we get to really meet with you and pull that information out. That's our yeah. process. Yeah. Um, the ideas are there. Right. We just have to pull them out of you. Right. And just, um, no matter how much like literature you give us at the beginning, we, we want to go through our discovery process cause it's, it's, it's tried and true. And if you like, if you need to want to just throw a quick website up, we're probably not a good company. Um, like I need something next two weeks because the, the way that we have our stuff set up, we, we're not just going to start with a website. We can get that website up and done quickly, but we're going to start with who are you? What are your full objectives outside of the website? Why, why do you think you want this type of thing? And what about these other venues? Um, and so we've, we've gotten that feedback before that, you know, if we are up against four agencies and three of them are telling them, here's exactly what we need you to do. And one of them is saying like, we're not, we're not ready to tell you. <laughs> what to do yet but we're yeah. really excited and here's our process and here's the work that we've done previously and this is exactly how we're going to work through this relationship some people love that and come back and say like that's this is great like this is what we want some people are like you guys are you know playing hide the ball with us yeah, y'all are nuts we're not going to do business with um, you and so I've, i'm i'm proud of that I've, i think i think that's a that's a gamble to not just give people what they exactly what they ask for without going through what I know to be a, a smart way for us to do our work, which is really, really get to know you. Well, and it's, it's tried and true, right? You know, we're 14 years into this. Yeah. And what I find so intriguing is kind of now sitting here and actually having conversations with you, what being a patron of Brickyard and seeing how the trust dinners play into that framework of yours. Oh, well, yeah. What, what, a, what a fun tie in. Like it, it, it now makes complete sense. I'm like, oh, well, now I'm sitting here thinking, like he says, oh no, we're not going to tell you. We're just gonna, we're just gonna pull some information <laughs> yeah. out of you, and then so you're gonna true. get whatever we're gonna give you. That plays into the trust, which is the first time I'd ever really been turned on a brickyard was through a trust dinner. Oh, great! And I was like, this is, I mean, because remember, I, I've got 18 month old. I don't get out very much. Yep. <laughs> but going out, I was like, oh yeah, like I said, honey, I was like, I got to go to the brickyard south. She's like, what is that? I was like, it's a Bar with good food. Yeah, that's perfect. You should, you should be in marketing. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, that's what it is. Yeah, it's it a is. bar with really good food. And she's like, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to something called like a trust dinner. I, I pick some random things on a menu but have no relation to food, and then I'm served food. That's it. I mean, we, uh, we'll ask if you have uh, an allergy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it. Yeah. And it's I, I love that because that is... As you eat out a lot more and as you experiment and go to different restaurants, you 
I, at least for me, I don't like to fall into the habit of same ordering on a menu. I don't like to get the same thing every time I'm at a restaurant. So I've gotten to the point now, and I'm sure managers and owners, whatnot, can hate me, whatever. I'll be like, tell the chef to cook me whatever. Nine times out of ten, it's the special of the night, which is fine. But that one out of ten time, the chef's like, okay, I've got something I want to test. Yeah. And then they bring it out. I'm like, this is perfect. This is, I have no, explain to me what this is so I can know and until you give you my feedback. So I love that component of not knowing what you're getting and just kind of being being served whatever's going to be served. So I love what y'all are doing. How did you come up with this? So that is, um, I like that you tied that into our Red 6 RFP discovery process. Very professional podcast work. I'm impressed. Well, it's, it's, it's all right here in my, yeah. in my brief. It's in my brief. What a segue. <laughs> uh, that is uh, Danny. Um, so the, we met Danny Wilson because he was the manager at uh, the Cove. Um, wait, I, I might be messing this up, but it was right next to Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Waffle House has to go through a, um, you know, kind of a routine like maintenance. So they had to shut this bar down. So, while me and Brian are seeing that we're basically the piggy bank for a larger bar group, um, Danny, we called Danny in to just guest bartend while um, while his bar is closed, and he's just another kind of another great creative force. Just can't can't stop doing stuff. So he'll be, you know, you'll go in there at um, three in the morning, and he's like painting the walls and. <laughs> putting up new boards because this board was messed up. So we're, uh, and what he, what he's, his background is a chef. And so, um, for a while we would have kind of food competitions at Brickyard because we couldn't legally serve food. So we could have like, we would have the guys from eat the boot or Jada Cody or, uh, Franz would come and like judge a wing competition or a burger competition. And we would kind of use that as like a, you know, a, teaser that we're going to try to move towards getting more food uh to serving food so our our workaround was that we bought a food truck so now we have a licensed food truck at brickyard that we can serve food out of that's a separate business um and then we you have to have all these different permits and things for that um but that's that was the dream was to open the door up for danny to do do his cooking and so um we used to do a thing called dinner on the patio which was a three-course meal and so if you're up at um, at Soulshine or Brickyard and Danny's bartending, you'll overhear some insane story about his life. Uh, and so I just started to record some of those down. And then whatever his menu would be, I would kind of weave that into a weird story about how he like got arrested at the border or, you know, they're kind of they're cheeky, but also like you get to know the chef a little bit. Um, what he had always wanted to do um, was a just a blind tasting menu, so that's it's kind of the chef dream is like to show up, eat whatever I want. Eat, yeah, know. like like be served whatever yeah. and eat whatever. Yeah, uh, and that's how he you know that's how he shops and cooks. So even at Soulshine, <laughs> we have we've got our set menu, but there will be something whether Brian and I like it or not. There will be something off menu that day that'll be delicious. Um, but it's, it's almost more of a creative outlet. Uh, and so those trust dinners, um, that was his idea was to have the kind of trust the chef. Um, and so what my only kind of creative involvement was just 
what's the system of how you choose the the things and like what does the branding and stuff look like um but it really we really took off so it was fantastic uh, so it kind of uh unfortunately killed our dinner on the patio because it was just it's, you know it's just more fun it's more interactive yeah um and so that took off at brickyard now we have those at uh at soul shine so we have this once a month um and that's been just it's been really fun um you get to you get to meet a lot of people that might not be our normal certainly not a normal brickyard crowd but even at soul shine it's hard to get people to go to campus yeah but then they see the restaurant they see the stuff and you know you get to know the get to know the company like that's a that's a unique thing to have a dive bar or a small college um restaurant bar that's throwing kind of wacky pop-up dinners well and, and it's not like low quality low-end dinners either like it is phenomenal cuisine yeah right like, it, it's not just you know oh go down to to brickyard and get some some hot dogs and hamburger like and it's like no like this is some genuine cuisine they spent time crafting and creating this menu and selecting these items like when I was sitting there eating the the one trust dinner I went to uh, coincidentally with Franz, and I was like, "This is this is incredible!" Like, where where are we? Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's exactly where that's, where am I? Where, what am I eating? Where am I at right now? Like, was this bone marrow coming out of a yeah. bar? Like, what the heck? And then right, you know, right after some like loud band starts, and you know, everyone, all the regulars walk out and would help us put the tables up, and it becomes a bar again. That's fa- uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I, that's it's a very the group of people that have helped us through um, the pandemic, uh, especially at Brickyard, are are awesome regulars, and it's just well, like I wish I could take any credit for it, but it's something about the the charm of the bar that is the people that are in it just continues to grow, and yeah. it, luckily for us that it happens to be a a, a good charm. <laughs> Because it's still we, attractive because we're you know we're we're doing our best to cultivate a like nice safe fun place but it really is the it's the people that are in there that make it feel like you're everyone's welcome um and that's that's another just you know it's a special thing it's just the more you can surround yourself with open-minded fun like come on let's, let's talk about your day right type of people um the, the easier everything is hundred percent. And so Soul Shine kind of blossomed from this food concept when I guess a space opened up in LSU's campus. That's exactly right. So this is this is the heart of the the heart of the pandemic has passed. We've there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um you know, that that was rough for a while. Um I was I drove back I was dating my wife long distance in Fort Worth. So I drove back and spent what I thought would be like a month in her tiny apartment turned into like eight months and we were getting married that year. So we're like planning a wedding. We've never lived together. The apartment, I don't want to overdo it, but it's about the size of this little nook that we're in. <laughs> this, this little yeah. alcove is, yeah. is, is, uh, is Joe's apartment. So we really got to, uh, got to know each other, get a little marriage trial run. Um, and it was great. We still got married. That's good. Uh, but you know, for a while we've tried to figure out everything out we could do with Brickyard. Um, we would give away like we had like care packages. We would just give away like we had a cooler full of beer. We had food, so we would just have people come and get like nothing like five dollars gets you food a, a, a case of beer and, din- and dinner and dinner. Like bring it out to your car with a mask on. 
And so you have to figure all that out digitally. Like, you know, we don't have a to go. We didn't have a to go order thing at the time. Um, and so basically we're kind of really scrapping through all that stuff, but we had had plans to build a uh, patio uh, outside. And so we had priced that all out. We had the money saved up and then the pandemic hit we're like, this is terrible. Like, what do we do? And we, we made the decision, which at the time I think was irresponsible. Um, but we made the decision to just go ahead and build the patio. And then a few weeks later, they made a rule at bars that if you had a patio, you could serve alcohol again. So we just got lucky. Like, yeah. We were the first. Did you buy a lottery first. ticket that week? I did not. I didn't have any money. I spent it all on the bricks. You spent it all on the bricks. <laughs> uh, but that was, so then we, you know, then we had survived. We, again, we got this great outpouring from the community. And um, Red Six at the time was shopping. We were looking for um, our building. I think we'd already closed on it. And our realtor was like, hey, there's a little spot. It's the old Slinkies. Um, why don't you all t- come take a look at it? And so we just went over there. And it was this really cute little company, Good Bird Sandwiches, um, from New Orleans. They had done a full build out um, in the restaurant, and unfortunately, like their grand opening on Chime Street was like February 2020. So they just they just packed it up in April, but they left. I mean, they it, it the landlord owns all the equipment, so you know basically it's like this kind of shining light. Like you never open up a restaurant with all the equipment, everything kind of ready to go. Right. Um, and rent was cheap because people still didn't know if they were going to go back to work ever, or like what commercial real estate would be. Right. Um, and so it was a really good, great opportunity. Again, probably irresponsible. Uh, and we, we dove into that. Um, and we, it took us a little bit longer to get open than we would have liked. Um, permitting in this town can be. Yeah trying let's say difficult yeah we um, we've had some past guests share some experiences um i mean I, it was a weird time for everybody so yeah um, especially at that time yeah. supply chain issues i don't know chalk it up to whatever it is uh but we 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 made it through uh made it through that and had our grand opening and um so that was last summer uh and then we had a good good season um but the the gamble was that this that was kind of the first football season after COVID. And so we were, I was expecting a little bit more like constant lunch foot traffic. Um, and what we, what we got was, was good, really good weekends. Um, it really kind of fighting over the, the evening stuff. And then LSU students will order DoorDash and have it delivered to the dorm. Yeah. Uh, which is, wild to me i used to i would get cooped up in there i feel like and just go wander around um so we're we're still kind of figuring out the the day-to-day lunch side of things obviously it's no problem during the fall because you have you know you you make your nut as they say um on the weekends with football season but we we got that open had a great grand opening and then you know we're still it's a startup, you know. Yeah, it's it's still a brand new restaurant. Yeah. And a dive bar you can you can sit on you can sit on a bunch of um, beer for a long time. Yeah. You can't you can't like staff and run a restaurant for a, a, long, for time. a long time. Yeah. Um 
So we're, you know, we're working that out. So we had to make the tough decision to close for the summer. Um, we're right next to City Slice and Rock Paper Taco. Um, and that whole, again, I'm kind of, I've landed on another street that is a great area of town, but it's, is kind of on the rise, which is awesome. And so we're, we're working closely with all these other business owners to start to not, you know, think of it not as a competition, but if we just get people to come down to this street, that's a win for everybody. So yeah, we all offer something different, uh, has just opened, um, and you know that's the that's the weird thing in bar and restaurant world is if you can get five people in there then that'll turn into 25 people if you don't have five people in there nobody yeah they'll yeah, just walk yeah, right past 100 percent um so without just paying your friends to sit in there all the time it's a it's a it's a fun marketing challenge but a difficult one um just like maybe because we're busy and we have these other things going on um but it's really Again, we've we've got a lot of great community support, and hopefully by um, by airtime, we're shooting for uh, mid August. So mid August, okay. So if you're watching this on the internet, hopefully very soon for you, right? Ve- yeah, very, very 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 soon. Let me see what is it. Very soon, if not now. If not now. If not well, my, well, also these shows live in perpetuity. Of oh, right. So wherever, whenever you're listening to this, yeah. just check out, see if Soul Shine's open. Could have been seven years ago, and we're doing great. <laughs> yeah, um, but but those these these events and pop up dinners have been not only just fun for us, like me and my wife go and work, um, and you know we're I'm not classically trained front of the house guy, uh, but we like we watch a lot of Top Chef. Of course, yeah, that, that's all the training you need, right? Uh, and so it's just you you know you get that. I love what you said about um, you and Franz. Like, where are we? You get this kind of unique, fun dining experience, but it's still very much a like we're in a fun place. We yeah. couldn't be snooty in there if we tried to. Uh, and so that's that's just been fun because you get to meet all these different people. Um, and that's what I mentioned earlier. We had um, like uh, Joey from Eat the Boot, their podcast. There's this huge foodie. There's a huge foodie network uh, here in Baton here Rouge. Here in Baton Rouge and Gonzalez, um, that I, you know, is they're just like voracious and helpful and like the most wonderful, happy people. Oh yeah. And so they've been a huge part of, you know, every time we have a trust dinner, you get twelve emails uh, and calls right afterwards saying like, "When's the next one? Can I get tickets? Like, I want to tell people about it." Uh, and is this an underground thing or should right, I spread the word? Right. <laughs> uh, and it's just such a cool, that's, uh, that's been really touching is the, I mean, just like you having me on, like having people on to talk about their, their stuff. There's a lot of people in this town that are anxious to prop you up. Yeah. Um, and you know, we talked about creative agencies. We, I know all those guys like they're, we're not. We might go up against each other on a RFP or something, but we'll see him at the Ad Fed meeting or Addy Awards. Like everyone's talking shop. Like, hey man, like how you how you doing with this? It's a it it, it really is a tight group um, where it could be very you know cutthroat, um, and I think that's I think that's a relatively unique Baton Rouge thing. Is a lot of these business owners. It's easy to get in your own box, but oh, yeah. it doesn't take much to be like, hey, let's all let's all throw in together and do something cool. They're usually in for it. Um, so that's been very special. 
and again we're we've we've learned a lot we've got a smaller menu um at Soulshine and more of these like events and um i guess just like attachments to the community and you know, pub crawls and things that's that's what's really gotten us through some of these these tough times so yeah much more of that coming fall of 2023 good look i'm i'm excited i'm here for it man i'm i'm anxious to see what y'all are going to do uh so kind of as we start to wrap up the show we do have a we do have some scripted questions we scripted like to questions. ask everybody right you got those beforehand right Were we your gonna... your assistant sent them uh no no <sighs> i'm just going to off the cuff. Drat. We were going to take a tequila shot. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. So here about this. Here, give me your glass. I'll pour and ask the question, and then you have to drink okay. before you answer. So the first question being, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Good question. I, I've been doing a lot of the things that I'm doing right now <laughs> my whole life. So I grew up in the mom played the piano at a children's theater um you know i was i was playing with microsoft paint i had a like little terrible garage bands that i would like make the logos for um i used to make videos in high school me and my friends knew how to use the editing equipment and so they let us kind of run the news channel as freshmen which was a terrible oh my gosh we, didn't, we did not take that seriously um yeah you're freshmen but there was some really good some really good video content came out of it just maybe not that the news that they wanted well, you um, live and you learn <laughs> but, but I, I, I really i really have been i've been very lucky to to have lived a life of, of creative collaboration yeah um i would say things that i don't really do anymore like my my poor drums are just in my house collecting dust and being sad um, but I do get to play it. I'll, I'll go on Wednesdays every once in a while to the jam night at Rickyard and play uh, with much better musicians. But I would say not not much regrets. I've, I've, I've done a lot of these same things my whole life. Well, good. So what are, I mean, you've had business endeavors from college to now getting in dive bars to now going more and more into the food scene. What are kind of three lessons you've learned along the way? Three lessons. Um, we've touched on some of them. I think the one is just don't, don't take yourself too seriously. I don't mean that even in a humility sense, although that's a great quality, but work, our marketing work at the dive bar restaurant world, it should be fun. And it's, it is hard work. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta bust your butt, man. But that adding a little a little humor, a little lightheartedness, a little fun, and continue to pump the people up around you a little bit with that um, fun, I think is is a noble cause. And I think to do that, you can't you can't walk around being like, I'm I'm the owner. Right. You know? Like don't don't touch me. Yeah. Um I think that's as you reach certain levels of success, there there can end up with some separation from your team, from your people around you. Um, and I would say just avoid that at all costs. Oh yeah. I'm right there with you on that one. Okay. So don't take yourself too seriously. Number yep. two, uh, I'll just piggyback on that same one. Um, my dad told me this a long time ago. He's, he said something like, uh, 
there there are ways to make money without working your ass off, but I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> uh, and I think um, I like that a lot. It's got, it's got I a love lot. it. Um, that that hits home for me is find something that you that's super cliche, but I'm really lucky. Like I I get to do what I like to do, and it's it's challenging, um, but I'm working my butt off. Yeah, but I, but I like it. You're making things happen too. Um, so I've learned that that is true. Uh, there, there probably are people that have solved that mystery of making a living um, just without doing very much. Yeah, I have not figured that out, but nor nor do I really need to or want to. Right, and if you do, just just let me shoot me a text. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you'll be my first call. Uh, I don't know. Number three. Um, I'll just go back to the fun. Never, never stop having fun or prioritizing fun. Fun with the people around you. Um, fun with your clients, with your customers. Um, whatever that means to you to to have fun. Keep flexing that muscle as much as you can. I'll I'll salute to that man. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. So, what is something I can do to help you? Man, honestly, like you're this, you're doing it. Like I'm, I'm not even here to like plug anything. I just, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> I think, um, I've, I've planted some flags in this city, and I, I believe in it. I love it. I love the people, and it's people like you that are telling these stories and bringing people together. Just keep doing what you're doing. Well, I'll, I'll do what I can to keep blowing some wind through your flags. Yeah, um, I would love that. But further, uh. Final question, man, is what is something you love about Baton Rouge? That's it. It's the, it's the, it's the, there's a team mentality, um, whether we're all rooting for the same team. Um, Louisiana obviously has its, has its problems for sure. Um, but I would say that that's something that's always struck me as one. I've never seen so, so many people passionate about the the party side of things that, that's not to say just the drinking just I'm just know, passionate people right. yeah we're all gonna we're gonna get, to get, get together for the super bowl and it's gonna be a wild super bowl oh yeah party like this is gonna be well thought out i think that goes unfolds out to the community all the festivals all the pieces um baton rouge doesn't have that new orleans tourism drive but it certainly has that current of we're all in it together to have a good time. Um, I think that that is very special. And then again, just Baton Rouge has been good to me. And it's because of the, the people that I've met have just, once you get to know them and you find out what they're passionate about, like, like we've been saying, yeah, everyone, the rising tide raises all ships. Everyone's pumping each other up. And I do feel like that is somewhat unique uh, and special. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, I see it through this show. Everybody here is just like helping people in the best way they can. And I love that. So thank you, man, for coming on the show. Oh, man, it was a blast. I appreciate your time and appreciate you kind of working with us. And thank you for, for turning me on to another little drink. I don't normally do Topo Chico's and tequila, but now I, oh, the ranch water. Now I, I am. It. Well, I do ranch water, but we didn't have any simple syrup or any of that agave and, and lime. But just plain tequila and uh, Topo Chico's was good. Said, your text said, which drink do you favor? And I was like, <laughs> That's a really cool text. I'm going to send someone out. And my answer is tequila. I love it, man. It's 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 great. You know, we have we had this Como Tequila from a tequila tasting we did for Cinco de Mayo this year with Mestizo and Modesto, 
And those guys are a blast. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm glad to bring this bottle back out and enjoy it some more. It's just as good as I remember. Well, what a treat. Absolutely. Well, thank you, man, for coming on. I appreciate your time. And I appreciate everybody else, whether you're watching or listening to the show. Look, if you're, whatever time this is, check out Soulshine, check out Brickyard South, and just check out Red Six Media. Let them know the Patty G Show sent you, and they're going to take great care of you. And do, do, do absolutely sign up for the Trust Dinners whenever you're able to figure that out and see those promotions going. You're never going to regret it. So thank you all so very much for listening or watching whatever form of content you're consuming us on. And thank you so very much for the proud sponsors that bring you this show each and every week. Hear a little bit more about them right now. Welcome to the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game-changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate reimagined. Thank you so very much to Building 5 for the, becoming the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. We are going to be filming once a month at Building 5. We're going to post about it on our socials so you can come and visit with us. Building 5 is an excellent food establishment if you're into sharing boards and really getting a creative menu. Misty and Brumby have done an excellent job of creating an environment that's warm, welcoming, and inviting for every single occasion. Go on over to Building 5 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and tell them that the Patty G Show sent you. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away, it's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left, but the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade, building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service 
every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life, shopping for a car. They're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you, signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out, our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center, and tell them Patty G sent you. McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40-plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want. Go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening, or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way, and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you. The Patty G Show is proudly brought to you by Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry is a local business right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They create handcrafted jewelry for everyday use, that special occasion, whatever it may be. Gentlemen, they've got amazing jewelry both for male and female. Everyone is their audience. You know, after years of experimenting with everything from ceramic jewelry, glass beads, and enamel, they've settled in on the ancient art of lost wax casting is their main form of creating their work. They cast everything in bronze, sterling silver, and 14 karat gold. Every step of the way is done here right in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Proud, proud sponsors of the Patty G Show. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelers. Get out there and tell them that Patty G sent you, and they're going to take great care of you on your next order. Man, don't want a complication.